Hey y'all, welcome to the Girl Get Your Voice Back podcast, a podcast all about helping women to overcome condemnation and silent shame by standing on the promises of God and coupling faith with action. Four times a month, I deliver the truth that many don't want to hear, but if you heed to what I'm saying, you're bound to be set free and walk boldly in your assignment. I'm your host, Ebony D. James, and I aim to amplify women's voices and help them to walk into their God-given mandate fearlessly and strategically. Today, we're talking about writing the vision, aka the revelation, and then letting it go. Wait, hold up. Let's run that back. Yes, write the vision and then let it go. It's what God revealed to me as surrender and submit. (laughs) I know that's a little different from how it's usually taught, but I'm going to help you avoid experiencing shame when it comes to failed plans, missing the mark on the goals you set each year, and aimlessly walking around life with no plan, no vision, and no purpose. Here's how we win when setting goals planning our life in our day, and strategically planning for our life, family, and businesses. Are you ready for the secret sauce? Well, (laughs) it's simple. We have to plan with God. So let's get into it. And yes, I know you know this, but are you intentional with it? Or do you just say a quick prayer before you plan and assume that that's all it takes? Okay. So here's our two anchor scriptures that we're going to be focusing on in this episode. The first one is Habakkuk 2, verse 2 through 3, and Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9. And you all know I love to do an anchor scripture with each podcast just so we can kind of set the tone. Um, And for the anchor scriptures I'm going to read, I'm going to read it to you in three different translations, the KJV the TPT, and the NIV, and then we'll dive right in. Okay, so Habakkuk 2, verse 2 through 3, and we all know this one, right? Every time we get into a planning session or before the new year starts or right when the new year hit, everybody is preaching this scripture. Everyone is talking about this scripture, so we all know it by heart, right? So this won't be new to you, but I'm going to read it anyway. And so the King James Version says, And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables, that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. The TPT Version says, Write down this vision Write it clearly on tablets so that anyone who reads it may run. For the vision points ahead to a time I have appointed. It testifies regarding the end and it will not lie. Even if there is a delay, wait for it. It is coming and will come without delay. And the NIV version says, then the Lord replied, Write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. So 
in each of these different translations of the Bible, we see the word right, right? Write down the vision, write down the revelation. And to write means to record, to register, to connect, to link, to join, to associate, to tie. Like what? You know, when we are in elementary, to write means to pick up your pen and put it to some paper and then start moving it and then you write words. But this is saying to record, to register, to connect, to link, to join, to associate, and to tie. It's to mark on the surface. And some of the synonyms for write are address, compose, create, record, draw up, formulate, and prepare. Right? So we can go and take any of these scriptures and we can change out the word write down his vision to create the vision, record the vision, draw up the vision, formulate the vision. And then the one I like the best is prepare the vision. And then when we get into vision, we see this word to see or perceive. Write down what you see or what you perceive. And then in the NIV translation, it says write down the revelation. And I thought that was so key because I actually have never read the NIV version before where it says write down the revelation. And I never heard anyone say write down the revelation when talking about this scripture. And so, you know, we get revelation and downloads from God all the time. And it's like, we have to write that down. And we're going to get into why. Um, And it tells you in chapter three of um, chapter two of Habakkuk. And it says for the revelation or the vision awaits an appointed time. It says it points ahead to a time that has been appointed already. It speaks. The revelation speaks of the end. The vision speaks of an end goal. And it will not lie. It will not prove false. It will testify regarding the end. (laughs) I love the language of the Bible. It's just so satisfying to read. So let's keep going. So Proverbs 16, 9, Proverbs chapter 16 and 9. That's our second anchor scripture. And the King James Version says, a man's heart divides his way, but the Lord directed his steps. The TPT says it like this. Within your heart, you can make plans for your future, but the Lord chooses the steps you take to get there. And then you have the NIV and it says in their hearts, humans plan their course, but the but the Lord establishes their steps. And so I'm going to go read TBT one more time for you, because I think the language here can give you a different revelation or a different perceptive on how you even read that verse. And it kind of gives you like a more detailed understanding. It says, within your heart, you can make plans for your future. But the Lord is going to choose the steps you take to get there. So planning is a good thing, right? So when you hear people at the end of the year, in the beginning of a new year, talk about writing a plan, creating fresh vision, doing a vision board or having a vision board party, all of those things are great. The Lord wants us to plan, but we also have to let it go. Why? 
so that he can choose the steps we take to get there, right? It's our goal to write the vision. It's his goal to write the steps, to choose out those steps to take us to get to that vision that we've written. And that's why I'm going to get more into why we have to plan with God, why our vision and our revelation must come from God. All right, so when you plan with God and write the revelation he has given you, you then have to let it go and trust that he will direct your steps, okay? It's not your job to strive and trying to figure out how it will come to pass like most of us do. Our job is to write it out clearly, to partner with God to get to the vision and revelation, but then to surrender and submit. And so some key words or phrases that I want you to really Jot down, take note of is one, partner with the Holy Spirit. How do we partner with the Holy Spirit? We partner by worshiping, by getting into prayer, and by fasting and listening. So when it said vision, it says to see or to perceive. And then it says revelation. In order to get that revelation to see, we have to be in a place of stillness. We have to be a place where our eyes are focused on God, right? The Bible says to seek him first in his kingdom and his righteousness. So when we're seeking him, we're perceiving him, we're seeing him, and we're seeking after him with all that's within us. And we're listening for what he's telling us. And then number two is surrender, right? Surrender means we have to let go of control And we have to fully depend and trust God. And we have to be okay with things not going the way we want it. We have to be okay with the answer being no or wait, right? It says, even if the vision tarries, wait for it. It says, though it lingers, wait for it, right? And some of us could probably be reading verse 3 of Habakkuk 2 like, wait, you just said, though it tarry, wait for it. Because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Like, wait, did he just contradict himself? <laughs> right? But literally, it's like, though it tarry in your view, wait for it. Right? Because it's going to come. It's not going to tarry. And what the Bible is saying here is, you know, our perspective is like, oh, God, you told me this. You promised me this. But you're expecting it. On your timing, right? We have our own timeline of how things should be, right? Oh, we need to be married by 25. Oh, we need to be, you know, having our big family, our children by 30. You know, we have all of these different timelines. And when God don't meet our personal timeline, we get impatient. We start trying to maneuver things. We get out of alignment. Right. But here in verse three, it says, though it tarry, wait for it because it's going to surely come. It's not going to tarry. So we think it's tarrying and it's really not right. It's coming at the perfect time. Right. At the appointed time. And so. I love that it says that. So we have to be okay with surrendering our own idea, our own timeline for God's timeline, because we may think it's tearing, 
Our job is to be patient. Our job is to be long suffering. Our job is to wait for it without complaining. Right. I think of the children of Israel and it's like, man, they had a promise that you're going to go into a land of milk and honey. You're going to go into a land where you're going to conquer all. You're going to be the best of the best, the cream of the crop. And everyone, all of your enemies are going to be subdued. You're going to come into a land where you're not going to want. You're going to come into a land that you're going to be plentiful in. And, you know, they had to wait for it. (laughs) Because it was coming at a point in time. But God had already told them. He had already promised them the promised land. Right? But they had to wait for it. And so the children of Israel is a great example of how not to wait. (laughs) It's how not to wait. Like you have to wait and you have to wait without complaining. You know, what were were they telling Moses? That's like, man, we might as well go back to Egypt. Listen, they trying to formulate the, see, when you go back to Proverbs 16, 9, it says a man's heart divides his, his way, but the Lord directed his steps. But, you know, if you're impatiently waiting, if you're, you know, trying to move and do things in your own way because you're tired of waiting, you start making horrible decisions out of out of ignorance, out of impatience. And it's like what they start saying, the children of Israel is like, man, just take us back to Egypt. I know we just, you know, was waiting for you to come get us but just take us back because this too much this too much this wilderness life is not that life we trying to be in we had it better off in Egypt <laughs> like these are the things that are coming out of their mouth they're complaining they trying like let's let's go back right how is it that God can promise us something but because we don't want to wait for it because we don't want to trust his his steps for us we don't want we don't want God to direct our steps really, right? Because can we be honest? Can we be honest and say that we're just like the children of Israel? Sometimes when we get to that waiting point, right? It's like, Lord, <laughs> I know you moved me to this city, but uh, I ain't know it was going to be like this because you told me I was going to prosper, but I'm out here struggling to find a job. I can't find no friends or a community, so I'm out here feeling lonely. But, Lord, I know this was you who called me to this new place. Right? It's like, Lord, I know you told me this was my year to get married. (laughs) And yet, I'm still single. I haven't been on one date. Like, what is really going on? And it says, but the Lord chooses the steps she takes to get there. Yes. You're going to get married, but he going to choose the steps you take to get there. He going to choose if you have to find your man in that least likely place, right? You're like, Lord, you tell me you're going to get married, but he's providing you so many opportunities to get out and to be in community and you won't leave your house. You're introverted and so... Every time your friend invites you to come to that church event, you're like, mm, nah, sis, I'm a pass. You church hurt. And so every time someone invites you to church or every time someone invites you to an event, you're like, mm, no, I was church hurt. So I ain't trying to go there around no more. And your husband's sitting in church. Like, 
get over yourself, learn how to forgive, and go let your steps be ordered. Period. And so, being okay, like I said, with things not going the way you want it, because it's not you who are going to direct your steps, it's truly God. And then being okay with the answer being no. And then also understanding that delay is not denial. It's not. Delay is not denial. It says delay is actually a good thing for you. Waiting is not a punishment. You have to change your perspective on what waiting is. Waiting is protection. Waiting is direction. And waiting is keeping you from destruction. So I said protection. It's keeping you from destruction. And then submit. And for submit, I love James 4, um, verses 7 through 9. And I'm going to read the TPT version. I actually have like a whole section and breakdown of this scripture in my book, Silent Shame. So make sure you head over to Amazon and get it. It's going to be Silent Shame, the master's keys to overcoming condemnation um, to receive healing and restoration. So, and that's by Ebony D. James, myself. And you make sure you go and pick that up. Like that book is going to bless your life. Um, if you're struggling with condemnation, shame, guilt, if you're feeling stuck, if you're feeling like you're waiting on a promise and it's delayed, if you're feeling emotionally hurt by something or someone, you want to go get that book. If you're seeking to be restored, to be refilled, to be set free, to be forgiven, to be healed, like that book is going to be for you. And it's for men and women. It's so many different people who can relate to that book. Um, Even if you don't share my particular testimony. And so submit James chapter four, verses seven through nine in the TPT version says, So then, surrender to God. There's that word again. Stand up to the devil and resist him, and he will flee in agony. Don't you just love the TPT version because it gives you like these details. It's like, oh, yes, he fit a flee in agony, but I got to stand up, right? Okay. Move your heart closer and closer to God, and he will come even closer to you. So we know in the other version, he says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And then it says, but make sure you cleanse your life, you sinners, and keep your heart pure and stop doubting. Feel the pain of your sin, be sorrowful and weep. Let your joking around be turned into mourning and your joy into deep humiliation. Man, I don't know about y'all, but when you be reading the Bible, you be like, wait, what? I don't want to do that. Like, <laughs> like some parts, like literally in Verse seven, it's like, yes, okay, surrender to God. I'm about that life. I can do that. Stand up to the devil. Yes, I'm about that life too. I'm I'm a boss, warrior, devil slayer. Yes, I can do that. And then resist him. Okay, I can resist him. Check. And he gonna flee in agony. Okay, okay. Verse eight, move your heart closer and closer, closer to God. Okay, I can do that. And he will come closer to you. And then you get to this section, it's like, but make sure you cleanse your life, you sinner. And it's like, wait, I'm not a sinner. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like, dang, why you have to say it like that? And then it says, keep your heart pure. It's okay. Stop doubting. 
it's like, okay, you calling me out, but okay, okay, stop doubting. And then it says in verse nine, feel the pain of your sin. It's like, ah, oh. but do we really want to feel the pain of our consequences? Like we, we sin, but we want to ask for forgiveness. So we don't get the consequences and it. Don't work like that. It says, no, be sorrowful and weep and feel all the feels like you sinned, you were disobedient. So it's okay. You're going to get the consequence and you're going to feel all of it. And then it says, let your joking around be turned into mourning and your joy into deep humiliation. It's like, wait, wait, wait. You had me in verse seven. You had me in verse eight. But then in verse nine, like what? Like... Literally, you have to give up what you want for what he knows that you need. And I love, like I said, I love this. It says submit to God and resist the devil and he will flee. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And then you have this other part, but this is what it's going to (laughs) take. You're going to have to. Purify yourselves. You're going to have to keep your hearts pure. And you're going to have to come out of agreement with doubt and unbelief. And then you're going to have to feel all the feels when it comes to your consequences for your sin. You're going to have to be apologetic. You're going to have to ask for forgiveness. You're going to have to cry out to God. Right? We see that all throughout the Old Testament the children of Israel having to be sorrowful and feel the pain of their disobedience, feel the pain of their complaining, feel the pain of their consequences of their sin. And they, it led them to a place of weeping of, of crying out to God of literally mourning and deep humiliation. Like, so I think when you see this scripture, literally think of the children of Israel, because this is really what they had to do. They had to give up what they wanted for what he knows that they needed. So he couldn't just the way they were acting out there in the wilderness. He couldn't just take them into the promised land. Right. And then even in his goodness and mercy, he still ended up taking them in what they do. They was good for a period of time. They they were obeying the laws and the customs that. Moses had already spoken to them, and then what they started wowing. Straight wowing. Yes, they did. And then it's like, okay, okay. Verse 9, feel the pain of your sin. And then, okay. So I've given you some beginning strategies, right? Partner with the Holy Spirit, surrender, and submit. And I've given you some promise scriptures or some anchor scriptures. In Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 2 through 3, and Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9, to hold on to. But let's get into some practical strategic planning, right? So, when we're writing the vision and letting it go, of course, we're writing down the revelation. We're writing down what God has shown us, what God has spoken to us, and then we have to strategically plan. And a lot of times we do this in our businesses, and that is perfectly fine, but we can also do this in our regular smegular lives right um and strategic planning is simply a process that's going to help you focus on aligning the unique vision or revelation the gifts the resources that God has given you or your organization or business 
and using those things to take advantage of God-ordained opportunities so that you can prosper and be successful and achieve success. All right, so here's my elements of strategic planning, right? We have the business elements and framework that people usually do in a um, strategic planning session, but here's some of the elements that I want you to focus on. And make sure you write this down. Number one, prayer and fasting. Number two, supernatural faith. Number three, radical obedience. Number four, strategic but flexible thinking. And number five, alignment. Getting on the same page with God, your family, and your team. So no matter what you're doing strategic planning for, whether it's for your ministry, your business, your organization, your family, your personal life, you want to use these five elements of strategic planning, right? And this is no matter if you're a child of God, if you're a woman or a man of faith, you want to use these five, five elements. And it's one, prayer and fasting, two, supernatural faith, three, radical obedience, four, strategic but flexible thinking, and five, alignment, which is getting on the same page with God or your family or your team, whoever you're doing this week. Okay. And so here's the framework. So usually during a strategic planning session, we usually help over, we usually skip over those important elements I just talked about, right? Or maybe you will do some prayer in the beginning um, and we get right into the meat, the framework. And this is how we set ourselves up for failure, which then causes us to experience shame later on down the road. And I believe we truly have to prioritize the five elements of strategic planning, right? Listen, I have so many testimonies I can share with you all when it comes to prayer and fasting, when it comes to supernatural faith, and when it comes to radical obedience just over the past two to three months. But then, like, if you're incorporating all of these things in your daily life, as you write the vision, as you plan, as you dream with God, like, you're literally setting yourself up for success, right? Because when we're, when we're on the same page with God, when we're in alignment, who, who wanted with God? How can we feel, right? Like, we're victorious with Jesus on our side. Okay, so prioritize prayer and fasting. Be sure that when you start your session that you have removed all doubt and unbelief. And we see that in the Bible. It's like doubt and unbelief, those two things will keep you off track. They will keep you hindered and bondage, all the things. So we definitely want to be sure that we are removing all inklings of doubt and unbelief. We can't go into vision planning or strategic planning or a vision board party doubtful or not willing to believe all right you literally have to break off limiting beliefs and old mindsets and put on the mind of christ in these sessions you have to choose to be radically obedient even when it doesn't make sense a lot of times we're all down for being obedient until it it it, it ain't 
it ain't doing what it do, right? When it start getting like kind of like, this not reasonable or this not even realistic. When we that's when we start letting doubt and unbelief come in. But you have to literally choose to be radically obedient to whatever God shows you, to whatever He speaks, even when it doesn't make sense to you. And even when you don't understand how it's going to happen, right? We can be in a session dreaming with God or he can give us this big with, um, this big revelation or this prophetic word or dream. And you'll be looking like, was this from the Lord? Because I'm not seeing this literally probably around 20, like right somewhere right when I got married and I got married in 2015. So around 2015 to 2017, my husband probably got the date. I literally had a dream of um, the the first few months of COVID when things were shutting down. And literally, I, when I got that dream, I was like, wait, why would the military be here? Why would the military be like in these residential areas? And people are like running and like going in their houses, shutting doors. And it's like desolate outside. And I'm like, well, why would that, like, why would that even be? And then literally we get in the dead smack of COVID during the lockdowns and all of that stuff. And I literally started seeing this stuff happen in residential areas in all these different parts of the world. And I was like, Wow. And my husband was the one who even reminded me of my dream because I remember my dream, but I didn't connect him. He was like, Ebony, you literally just dreamed about this. And I was like, wow. So literally we have to be radically obedient and write these things down, even when it doesn't make sense or we don't understand like how it's going to happen or when it'll happen. We must think strategically and also be flexible as well. Usually we are people of reason. And when we, especially me, like I'm an administrator and I'm very like organized. So I'm like, listen, I'm like my husband, he be in the clouds a lot. And I'm like, okay, but realistically, especially when it comes to like finances and budget and stuff like that, he just be like, oh, well, yeah, you know, somebody asks for money. He's like, oh yeah. And I'm like, but this budget don't say like the giving budget gone. Like we already maxed it out and he just doing his own thing and I'm like realistically this is what this is what I'm saying and you up here trying to do this and I'm like that don't make sense like you gonna put us in the negative because you plan and you giving everything away and it's like think strategically but also be flexible it's okay to be a person of reason and a person who's realistic but you can't only see through that lens like we don't when we're like that, we don't leave room to dream big with God. We don't leave room to believe the impossible because we're only looking in the natural. We're only looking at our current circumstances. So we have to let some of that go and be flexible in our thinking. And then lastly, get in alignment, right? Pray into Psalms 133. Listen, that was like a big prayer for us when we were, uh, me and my husband were courting. Back in 2014, like we prayed 
Psalm 133 almost every day, if not every day, right? Unity is so key. When I tell you we're so unified in our marriage because of this, this scripture, because we believe the word of God when it comes to unity commands a blessing, right? Because we understand like being unified with each other, but then also both of us being unified with God. When I tell you that's blessed our life. So when people try to speak over you or prophesy over your marriage that the first year is going to be harder. Well, I rebuke that lie of the enemy from the pit of hell because I have already partnered with Psalm 133 for my courtship, for my engagement, for my marriage, for my family, for my future, for my business, all of these things. So don't let people come and try to prophesy to you in the name of giving you some advice. No, the first year of our marriage was the best year of our marriage. What you mean? Oh, the second year. Nope, that went the hardest. We haven't even experienced hard in our marriage. You understand what I'm saying? Like because of Psalm 133, because in unity, God commands a blessing. So if you're planning with your spouse, if you're planning with your best friend, if you're planning with your team or your organization, you want to be on one accord. I'm telling you. Because some of the things that people are telling you that's going to be hard, you can you can align with this scripture. You can align with God's promise of commanding a blessing in unity and those things that other people are saying, oh, it's going to be hard this time. Oh, it's going to take you about three years to actually, you know, start making some real money in your business. Oh, it's going to take you about this. <sighs> Baby, not me, because I'm partnering with God. That it took you that long. That don't apply to me. Right. You can literally say these things with boldness and confidence because it don't apply to you. Why? Because when you did it, you wasn't partnering with God. When you did it, you wasn't surrendered. When you did it, you wasn't in submission. But baby, when I'm doing it, I'm a different story. OK, so now that that's out of the way, let's talk about the actual framework or the areas you want to take time to dig into during the actual planning session, whether you're planning your year, whether you're planning for your family, whether you're planning for your business, you want to include each step. And this is where we get into like those normal things that people talk about when they're normally strategic planning. And so be sure not to skip over any of these steps as well. Like those five elements of strategic planning are definitely key, but this is when you get into the framework. So usually people go over the mission, the vision, the values, they do a SWOT analysis, and then they kind of do like this roadmap to success, and they go over objectives and goals and all of these action steps, and then you also kind of do like a KPI dashboard of how to actually measure all this stuff you just talked about, okay? And so let's go back to the top, and I'm just going to kind of break down or define these different steps. So mission. A mission is going to define your company's business, its objectives, and its approach to reach those objectives, right? And of course, like when you hear me saying business, like I said, you can literally change this out to a project. If you're doing like something personal, you can change this to like your family, like change it out for what you need. It doesn't have to be for your business. If you don't have a business, then they can't apply to you, but you still have to have a family mission. What's your pers personal mission? What's your mission for your marriage? What's your mission for your, your children? What's your mission for your household? What's your mission 
for life, right? Apply these to the different areas of your life. You literally can strategic plan with so many different areas. You don't have to just, oh, that's just for people who are in business. Absolutely not. So a mission is going to define the company's business and its approach to reach the objectives that you have set. A vision is just a desired future position of your family, of your company, or your project, right? So where do you see this company or your family or this project or whatever you're planning for? Where do you see this, you know, the end result? In five years, in 10 years, in 20 years, in 100 years, like what's that vision? What's that desired future position? And then values. What are the things that you believe are important? What are some of the companies or the family morals, right? And those are the things like these are your the things like what do you hold dear to? What are some non-negotiables, right? And so we also have the SWOT, S-W-O-T analysis. And so this is a um, technique that you use in strategic planning and strategic management. And it's used to help a person or organization identify S, which stands for strengths. W stands for weaknesses. O stands for opportunities. And T stands for threats. Okay, so and you're doing this technique or this analysis and you're going through each one. So you usually have like a, a chart and it's a four like a four piece chart. I'm not sure what they're called, but let's just, you got a piece of paper and you draw a big cross across the entire paper. So now you got these four different sections and you can put strength or you can have one piece of paper for each, depending on who you're doing this with. If it's a company or a team and people just go around writing like, okay, what were the strengths for this year? What were the weaknesses for this year? What were some opportunities um, that we can work on or we can do next time? And then what were some threats to our business, you know? What were some threats to our marriage? What were some opportunities that we can do next year for our marriage, right? So that's a SWOT analysis. And then you have this roadmap to success. And that outlines the direction you're going to take to achieve your business plan and successfully meet these long-term strategic goals. And I don't know why all of a sudden my nose is wanting to act dumb but we're gonna keep it moving all right so the roadmap to success outlining the direction you're going to take to achieve your business plan and successfully meet long-term strategic goals now keep in mind this roadmap to success because we've already done the five elements we've already done the prayer and fasting we've already um done the supernatural faith we already have agreed to be radically obedient We've already developed a mindset that's um, strategic and flexible. And because we're already in alignment with God, this roadmap to success isn't negating Proverbs 16.9, right? Where it says, a man devises his way, but the Lord gives him the steps it takes to get there. No, the Lord, God is such an administrative God. He's so organized and he loves order, right? So he loves when we plan. He loves when we have our goals and our objectives and our action steps. Like that pleases him. It really does. 
because he's like that, right? And we're made in his image. So we're to be like that as well. And so it pleases him. Our planning pleases God. And so he can literally take what we have and he may take us a different route, right? Because he sees the finished work. He already knows the end. And so he can be like, oh, yeah, your way was, I love that you thought like that, but I got something better for you, right? Because I know if you take that roadmap to success, you're going to hit these different roadblocks, and I'm trying to help you avoid that. So let me kind of reroute you sometimes, and that's why we have to be flexible, okay? And then you have objectives, the specific measurable results that a company or a family or a, a couple hope to maintain as their organization grows. Um, so what are these results that you want to have in your marriage, in your family, in your business, in a specific project that you're working on? What are some of those objectives um, that you want to have? And then once you have those objectives, you can break those down into your goals, which are these predetermined targets that a business or an individual plan to achieve in a set period of time. All right. So these are based from your objectives, but their goals and their they can be 30 day targets. They can be 60 day targets. They can be 90 day targets or they can be 365 day targets. Whatever it is for you is you can set the period of time which these targets measure, but it's usually broken down by quarter. Okay, so if you're struggling with trying to figure out, well, how do I want to break this down? You can break it down by quarter and it's four quarters in a year. And so. Do it that way. And once you have these goals, you have to then break those down into actionable steps. And these are those specific efforts that are made to reach the goals um, that your business or your family has set. They're going to be like the exact details of your action plan. And then lastly, some people skip over these, but it's very important to make sure you're keeping track of the progress or all of the things that you're doing. And that's the KPI dashboard. And this provides a at a glance or a high level overview of visual feedback showing how your business is performing against your key performance indicators. So KPI stands for key performance indicators. Um, so once you figure out what are the things you want to measure and keep track of regarding your goals and your target, you want to create some sort of dashboard where you can see everything at a glance. So if you're like, man, in my marriage, I want to prioritize date night or date days. And you're like, okay, my goal is to do these four times a month. And I want to spend at least 30 minutes or an hour during this time. You can literally track that. Like, okay, four times a month, you can have it in your journal. You can have a little um, checklist somewhere, a digital or a physical one, and you can literally keep track of these things in your dashboard. That can be a, da a simple dashboard for something like, okay, did we do four dates this month? Did we do four dates this month? And then once you look over your quarter, it's like, okay, January, February, and March, we was kind of rocky. We didn't really do date dates like that. We got busy during this time or whatever. So then at the end of the quarter, when you're doing like that SWOT analysis, you can go back and be like, okay, yeah, this didn't work. So I need to change it up. Maybe we need to try to start small. Let's try to do two, 
two day nights a month and um, be intentional with those things. And so KPIs can look like um, um, I used to be a customer service manager and for some KPIs for us looked like, okay, email response time. It looked like a customer satisfaction or happiness score, right? Those were some of the things that we were tracking. And so those are some different examples of KPIs. You set them for your business and they're literally going to be based off of those measurable goals that you've already set. Also, during this time of planning, you want to be sure to answer three key questions. Ask yourself, where are you now? Where are you going and how will you get there? So by the time you end these sessions and these strategic planning sessions can take anywhere from I've never seen them really take 24 hours, um, but it can take one day, two days, three days. You know, some companies go on these whole week long or weekend retreats just to specifically focus on this. So however long it takes you, even if you're planning by yourself, It may not take you as long, especially if you kind of already know um, what these things are and how to answer some of these questions, how to lay this stuff out. Or if you've been doing it for quite a bit of time, it may not take you even 24 hours Um, for your marriage. It may take, you know, way less time. But ask yourself, where am I now? Where do I want to go and how am I going to get there? So when you go through this framework of setting your vision, your mission, the values, the SWOT analysis, the roadmap to success, the objectives, the goals, the action steps, and this KPI KPI dashboard, you should be able to answer that. So first, before you go in there, you're like, where am I now? What did I accomplish this past year, this past quarter? And then where do I want to go from here? And then how am I going to get there? So this is what the strategic planning session should answer for you but technically the first question where I am now that should be like something you can come into the planning with like that could be a presentation of like these are all the things we accomplished in year of 2021 right what what were some good things or some things y'all didn't get right you know and so we're going from listing out the things we want to accomplish for the entire year to strategically planning with the Holy Spirit. And that's basically um, one of my key things for this podcast episode. Like a lot of times we're like starting the year out and we create New Year's resolutions and they're just to do lists. Like basically it's like, oh, I want to lose weight. I want to, you know, do some more self care. I want to get a therapist. I want to do all of these different things, but it's like, okay, do it. (laughs) But it's not a strategic plan. It doesn't kind of, you know, it's like, do you even believe it? Because you didn't even, it's not even measurable. Like when, how much what you want to lose, you know? And so we're literally, the goal for this podcast is to help you go from having a to-do list that you want to accomplish for an entire year or an entire quarter to literally go from that to have a strategic plan with the Holy Spirit. Your to-do list is not enough, sis. Your to-do list is not enough, bro. Like, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. You may have already began planning your 2022 out, right? Me and my husband, we start planning for 2022 
and these different things that we wanted to focus on and all of this stuff. Like we started all of this that I'm telling you about back in September, October of 2021, right? Because we have so many different areas that we're planning for and we literally start back, 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 you know, not in December, not in January. We literally start literally at the beginning of quarter four. And so, and and guess what? It's okay. If you've already started planning out your 2022 and it's okay if you haven't got there yet, right? Because maybe it's, we just got into February and maybe you haven't had time. Like you st- you started the new year off and like you kept getting setback after setback after setback. Because let's be real, everybody don't go into 2022 like happy and like, you know, we people been losing loved ones. Like you may have lost your job because COVID is still out here trying to take over, but you shall be subdued and your hand shall stay no longer. Um, and so you got all of these things that it's like, man, I, I, I want a January to be like this. And it didn't go your way, right? We're submitting and surrendering our plans, our ways, our timeline. And so you got time. Like with this strategic planning, you can set when this starts, right? Now we would love for it to happen the year before or you know before the new year but that's not how it has to be there is no set time that you have to do this right the goal is to do it to get it done but if you want to start in february if you want to start in march like just don't delay out of laziness out of you know i don't got time i don't feel like doing all of this like get it done um and his thing because if you only have a new year's resolution if you only have a to-do list but not a strategic plan, and if you plan your 2022 back in September, October, November, December, or January, and you didn't consult the Holy Spirit, you've already set yourself up for failure. But it's not too late to start over. You you got time. You can start over. And if you did do it without the Holy Spirit, like you go back to those five elements that I mentioned before, and you start, you get into prayer. You may want to fast first, you know. You may want, and it could be a day. You can fast for a day, three days. I recommend at least a minimum of three days. Um, but you do those five elements of strategic planning with God, right? And then you start over. And so here's another scripture I want you all to read as I close out. This scripture is Psalm chapter 37, verse 4 through 7. And again, I'm going to read it in three different versions for you. The King James Version, the TPT, and the NIV. And so KJV says, Find your delight and true pleasure in Yahweh, and he will give you what you desire the most. Give God the right to direct your life. And as you trust him along the way, right, that supernatural faith, You'll find he pulled it off perfectly. He will appear as your righteousness, as sure as the dawning of a new day. He will manifest as your justice, as sure and strong as the noonday sun. Quiet your heart in his presence and wait patiently for Yahweh. And don't think for a moment, don't think for a moment 
that the wicked in their prosperity <laughs> are better off than you. My God, that's a how many words did y'all just find? Like, it's, let me. I'm, I'm gonna read that again because it's just so good. Like, ah, oh, I'm gonna read it again. Find your delight and true pleasure in Yahweh, and He will give you what you desire the most. Mm. Give God the right to direct your life. Surrender and submit. Just talked about that. And as you trust him along the way, you'll find he pulled it off perfectly. <laughs> like he got you like. <sighs> he will appear as your righteousness, as sure as the dawning of a new day. And he will manifest as your justice. Like he's your righteousness. He's your justice. Just quiet your heart, sis. Get in his presence and wait patiently for him. And don't think for a moment, like, I know you've been on social media, but don't think for a moment that these wicked people in their prosperity are better off than you. Yeah, it looked like they made it. Yes. It looked like all the people who ain't living for God is just so successful. But it says, don't think for a moment that these wicked people in their prosperity are better off than you. That's KJV. And I know some of y'all don't like the KLT, so let me give it to you in the Passion Translation. And so TPT says, find your delight and true pleasure in Yahweh, and he will give you what you desire most. Give God, mm, nope, I think the TPT version was what I read. I think I copied it twice. Let me see. Ooh, I don't like that. Okay, let me go back. Because I'm like, well, yeah, KJV don't sound like that. TPT was what I read first, y'all. Let me give it to y'all in the KJV. Okay, KJV says, delight thyself. Okay, come on, we getting it to it. KJV says, delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Verse 6 says, and he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. Verse 7 says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way. Because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Okay. So, okay. This KJV. I'm going to read TBC one more time. Listen, y'all just. We finna wrap this up in about six minutes and we gonna keep it moving. Okay, so that was KJV. TPT again says, find your delight and true pleasure in Yahweh and he will give you what you desire the most. Give God the right to direct your life and as you trust him along the way, you will find he pulled it off perfectly. He will appear as your righteousness as sure as the dawning of a new day. He will manifest as your justice as sure and strong as the new day. Quiet your heart in his presence and wait patiently for Yahweh. And don't think for a moment that the wicked in their prosperity are better off than you. And then lastly, NIV. And it says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn. Your vindication like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. And y'all, these, 
I mean, y'all got to start reading these scriptures in like three different versions because uh, I don't just a small tangent, but I don't know. But like I've been reading the Bible a lot over the past few months, like literally a lot. And it's just like so good to me. And I really want y'all to get this like passion for reading the Bible because for yourself. Okay. Because I'm like, people wasn't really making the Bible hit like this in Bible study growing up. You know what I'm saying? You was hearing the stories, but like, no, you got to get all of these. Like, the Old Testament, y'all, let me tell you. Read that Old Testament and the New Testament, of course. But that Old Testament hit. Like, you will be literally like, come through. Like, ooh, yes. Oh, they did that. Like, oh, ooh, mm, okay. Mm -hmm. Yes, y'all. Take delight in the Lord. Take delight in reading his word. Take delight in getting an understanding and a revelation for yourself. It's so good, y'all. So, 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 so good. And to delight means to take pleasure or to be delicate and sensitive. It means to be dependent upon God. Right? And so you have to take delight. Like, of course, it's to take pleasure, to be satisfied. But it also means to be delicate and sensitive. Like, be sensitive to what the Lord is saying. Be delicate with his word. But then also be dependent upon God, my Lord. So, that's write the vision and let it go. And just to recap, our promise scriptures are Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. And Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9. Y'all, the vision is the revelation that God has given to you. Write that down. Record that. Right. Prepare that. And then we have the five elements of strategic planning, prayer and fasting, supernatural faith, radical obedience, strategic but flexible thinking, alignment. And then you have their framework. And that's when we talk about the mission, the vision, the values, the SWOT analysis and all of those key points that you want to have during your strategic planning session. And then make sure you ask yourself these three important questions. Where am I now? Where am I going and how will I get there? So thank you all so much for joining me this week on the Girl Get Your Voice Back podcast. If you're interested in learning more about overcoming condemnation and silent shame, be sure to check out my website at www.ebony, that's E-B-O-N-Y, D as in dog, James. J-A-M-E-S dot com and purchase my book, Silent Shame, The Master's Keys to Overcoming Condemnation to Receive Healing and Restoration. If you found value in today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the show and leave a rating. And don't forget to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. And while you're at it, make sure you follow me on Instagram at underscore Ebony D. James underscore. Again, this underscore e-b-o-n-y d as in dog j-a-m-e-s underscore lastly i also own a company called the empire effect agency where i help christian entrepreneurs pastors ministries and organizations with administrative support so they can maximize their kingdom impact by focusing on their zone of genius if you're interested in learning more about how i can support you and your business administratively This year, you can go to my website at www.TheEmpireEffectAgency or send me a DM on Instagram at at TheEmpireEffectAgency.
<clears throat> be sure to tune in next week for our next episode. Bye.